Post politics, the only source for unfiltered, nonsensical, fakeish news that you never asked for. With your hosts, Matt McKinley and Aaron Ellis. Well, howdy there, daylight burners. Happy, uh, <clears throat> what is it, Tuesday night? So, uh, be Wednesday for when most, most of you will be hearing this. Uh, anyway, happy Wednesday. Been kind of a slow week on my end, um, podcast wise. I've been kind of busy, um, having a little trouble getting everything, uh, lined up schedule wise. And, uh, <clears throat> also my friends are gay. I don't know if I've mentioned that before, but, um, Aaron, you know, he's, uh, he's, he struggles with the gayness. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I know some people would disagree. Um, I don't, I don't see that there's anything wrong with the gayness. I don't just, I'm a little confused as to why he, he continues to struggle with it, being as gay for as long as he has been. Um, I'm not sure what the issue is with it nowadays. Um, Rob, you've only begun to witness his gayness. And, um, I don't know if Rob struggles with it, honestly. Um, we'll we'll delve into that when we get him back on the show. Hopefully next week, um, we'll see how that goes. And um, but anyway, um, rolling solo, and uh, we got some we got some guests lined up later this week. <coughs> and um, yeah. Working on getting some cool, some cool uh, interviews lined up, but in the meantime, I'm going to set up a um, a form on my website. I'll uh, excuse me. I'll I'll uh, make sure and and uh, put it out in on social media when, once I get it done, so that if um, if you have an idea for a guest or. Uh, for for the bull session in particular, or if you if you think uh, it'd be fun to uh, to join in on one of those, I'm gonna fill out a form so I can get your contact info whatnot, and then I have some some sort of a database, you know, like the government, and so I can if I if I forget to uh, to ask people, I can go through that list and see who who's already contacted me anyway. So, but also that'll work for. Um, guest you'd like to see on the show but like i said um i'll put that out there when when we get to it but in the meantime we got news going down and um shit just gets weirder you know um i I know i sound like an old man um like some sort of boomer because i'm like back in my day this was uh huh Sorry, I got distracted here, and oh, huh. 
for some reason, this article I was going to pull up, um, it's about RFK Jr. Um, but the video at the top of the article is uh, a lady giving birth in an elevator. And, um, or maybe, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it fits with the article. And uh, maybe it was like simulating giving, a, giving birth in an elevator. I don't know. Fucking weird. Um, anyhow, <clears throat> that made me lose my, my train of thought completely. So we'll just uh, go ahead and jump into the news. Um, let's see, where's Drudge here? Um, the media has selected our candidates, or at least they're trying to, uh, very hard to select our candidates for this next election for us. Um, and it's not, I guess, not real surprising that they've been able to do that before, but, um, where was that? That's not it. Um, God damn it. Okay, here we go. We'll come back to the the other article. But Biden and Trump are front runners for 2024, and rich Democratic donors are thrilled. Um, that is from, well, this is a Yahoo News link, but it's originally uh, published in Bloomberg. And this was this was today. And it says major Democratic donors are thrilled that an elderly man uh, who has been his party's standard bearer for years will likely reappear on the 2024 uh, presidential ballot. And they're talking about Republican Donald Trump. Many of President Joe Biden's biggest contributors are heartened by Trump's emergence as a Republican as the Republican frontrunner and are hoping for a 2020 re- rematch pitting the current president against his predecessor would create a race that they say advantages Biden politically policy wise. And from a fundraising perspective, having Trump on the ticket will motivate the networks of wealthy contributors who can write big checks, according to several Biden donors who spoke on the con- condition of anonymity. Trump as the GOP nominee would also allow Biden to tap some financial support from conservatives who would otherwise be open to giving, giving uh, to a business-friendly Republican, one donor said. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, Joe Biden's running again. Donald Trump's running again. And uh, the big donors on the left-wing side and some of the traditional Republican donors are excited about that because they want that they want the matchup that the vast majority of America doesn't want. I don't have the the numbers in front of me, but last I heard something around forty five percent of the Republican uh base, and I don't know what the metrics of this poll were um so i don't trust polling much at all but it's kind of what you you have uh i mean what what else do you go off of 
And one of the things I, I learned uh, about the 2020 election when I predicted uh, a landslide, um, one of the things I got wrong was I live kind of in a little bubble, um, much like these, like the media types and uh, your establishment ruling elite also live in a bubble and they don't know what people out here on in my part of the country, your part of the country, um, what we want. And we also are kind of insulated knowing that we don't know, we don't like what they want, but we don't, we're, we're, we're talking about like people on TV and not like the regular people that live in those, those urban centers. And <clears throat> also there was a whole, I wasn't, I guess I wasn't clued into exactly the extent of, um, the behind the scenes deal to shift uh people's votes and squash certain voices and um general good old fashioned overall and um, I guess it was very much new fashioned uh the ideas nothing new but the uh, the methods were brand new of um just good old election election meddling uh propaganda censorship and uh, <laughs> putting your thumb on the scale. So while what the way I see it is um after after the dust has kind of started to settle some on the 2020 election, um I still say that the Republicans got outplayed um by the according to the the new rules of the game, regardless of how those rules came about, um, they s generally seem to be accepted by the courts and the law and whatnot. And um, turns out ballot harvesting is something that the Republicans are really going to have to um, really have to pay attention to. And in the meantime, um, a whole bunch of people that worked for Donald Trump uh, worked in conglomeration with these big tech companies to suppress people that would have helped him get reelected. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, so the, the Republicans really got outplayed and the, the government, like deep state as, as you will, um, swung the election legally or illegally it should have been how they did it should have been illegal whether it was uh or not that i guess that's to to be determined but under the um there's a lot of loophole type shit going on and um anyway big government loves big business and big business loves big government and they are going to work to protect those interests um kind of at all cost and they've got a lot of a lot of tools at their disposal and they've pulled out I don't know if they pulled out all of them surely they didn't pull out all of them cuz um who knows what they've built since then but they pulled out a whole bunch of them for, for Donald Trump and they've pulled out a lot of a lot of big ones and then you go back to the Where, where we're at now. So I still, <clears throat> I still think that the Republicans really kind of out, out, got outplayed Donald Trump by his own administration. Um, and, uh, also by 
not trying to fight these these election laws beforehand. Oh, eh, I'm just kind of going off on a tangent. Anyways, we're back to 2020, except now there is no more pandemic yet. Yet. Um, who who knows? Um, if you've paid attention uh, a little bit to these uh, these current situations going on around the world, Ukraine... Uh, remember when it was um, a conspiracy theory to say that there was a bunch of bio labs in Ukraine, and uh, and you were you were crazy conspiracy theorist and probably racist, racist and possibly anti-Semitic if you suggested that maybe um, the reason we were back in Ukraine so hard is there was a whole bunch of bio weapons in in Ukraine that we funded, and then um, well, yeah, it turns out that was true. And it wasn't just like a couple of them. It was something like 28. Now, allegedly, I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Um, But now, you may have heard a little bit about Sudan here in the last week or two. And uh, it turns out there's some shit going down there. Kind of another civil war type that um, I'll have to pull up uh, the meme I don't know if I can put it up on the screen. I've got to get it off my phone. And um, and my airdrop's not working very good, but um, there's a timeline of um, different um, events in which the U.S. was involved with uh, uh, Sudan. And it's pretty, pretty interesting. All right, so this is... Um, Kate Bowen sent this to me, and it just says Sudan Cliff Notes, and I have not followed up on um, on all of these dates, but <clears throat> provides a little bit of a timeline going back to uh, August 24th of 2022, so not quite a year ago, so this happened pretty quick, really. U.S. ambassador is appointed to uh, Sudan uh, following a 25-year lapse. So 2022, that means we haven't had uh, an ambassador over there because we apparently didn't have diplomatic relations with uh, the Sudan since uh, 19... Was that 97? Yeah, 1997. Uh, September 28th, 2022, about a month later, U.S. ambassador warns Sudan against finalizing a Russian naval base deal. Uh, so now the picture starts to become a little bit more clear. Um, Russia's kind of boxed in by NATO. If uh, and that seems to, if you remember, like any of the demands from the Russians towards the the Ukrainians, one of the big ones is that you Ukraine doesn't become part of NATO. <clears throat> because NATO would put them in an alliance with um, the United States in particular, but the rest of uh, rest of the the Western world essentially, um, or at least Europe, I guess Europe and Canada, and then and the United States, <clears throat> Western Europe, anyways, and a lot of Eastern Europe, um, because after the fall of the Soviet Union, all these. Uh, Soviet satellites came independent. 
And one by one, the the U.S. and NATO have went ahead and gobbled them up and put them in to to uh, made them mem- members of NATO who are we are sworn to protect and defend if they are attacked uh, militarily, not just sending weapons this time, but um, actually sending troops. So anyway, that was a big thorn in the side for Russia, particularly with you. Ukraine. Uh, it was a big red line for him. And now, Russia's at war with Ukraine. We're at war with Russia via Ukraine. Um, the troops on the ground in Ukraine, by the way, uh, U.S. Special Forces troops, and uh, and who knows how many's there. Um, but that was something we weren't supposed to do. We were just supposed to send them uh, defensive weapons. And now we've increasingly sent them longer range and more sophisticated uh, weapons. And now there are people on both sides of the aisle in Congress uh, pushing to send longer range missiles and um, (laughs) F-16 fighter jets to Ukraine. And um, in the meanwhile, apparently Russia's trying to get together a a deal with Sudan for a naval base. And uh, all of a sudden, even though we haven't been there in 25 years, U.S. sends uh, an ambassador over there. And ambassadors used to be statesmen. Like, they were diplomats. They They talked with their counterparts and... <coughs> and try to work out a deal, keep the peace. And essentially since the Cold War, all of our, well, not all, but a lot of our diplomats and State Department type people have um, essentially just become intertwined with the intelligence agencies. (coughs) So, anyway, that, um, the ambassador warns Sudan, um, in September, late September 2022, November 11th, 2022, uh, <coughs> Anthony Blinken, who is the Secretary of State, urges Sudan to consider U.S. support for the rapid formation of a civilian-led transitional government. Um, which um, essentially means uh, a puppet government with, uh, you know, friendly towards us. December 5th, uh, 2022 UN brokers a framework agreement between Sudan's military leaders and leading pro-democracy parties. December 7th, uh, Blinken threatens a travel ban for Sudanese who endanger the framework agreement deal. And then February 12th, 2023, Sudan confirms the deal for a Russian naval base. Uh, key players are uh, Sergey Lavrov and uh, Buran. I don't know who that is, but uh, Sergey Lavrov, I believe, is the Russian foreign minister. Uh, he's high up in the in the Russian government, but I believe I believe he's foreign minister, which would essentially be like our Secretary of State. <laughs> so pretty powerful, powerful individual. Um, February sixteenth. The Biden administration sends $288 million in humanitarian aid to Sudan. Um, 
I don't know what the humanitarian aid was for. Uh, I'm assuming that Sudan has been a pretty war-torn country. I'm not sure of their recent past um, you know, outside of this shit popping off here just a couple weeks ago. Um, but anyway, we sent $288 million in humanitarian aid. Um, what that actually means, whether that was weapons or not, I don't know. Um, March 9th, Victoria Newland, who's also uh, balls deep in this Ukraine-Russia stuff, uh, visits Sudan to, um, quote, discuss democracy. April 8th, the conflict escalates between Sudanese armed forces under General Burhan. Okay, so Sudanese armed forces, General Burhan, he is the guy who made the deal with the Russians and Sergei Lavrov. And the paramilitary group uh, RSF is uh, under somebody named Dagalo. Um, and then on April 22nd, we evacuated the embassy in Ukraine or in, in Sudan. Uh, Khartoum is the capital there. And um, there's several thousand <laughs> U.S. citizens still left there. And the fighting over there is not really slowed down. There's supposed to be a a ceasefire going on. Um, but they're not really, neither side's really abiding by it. And, um, yeah, so there's a bunch of fighting over in Sudan, which is, which is neat. And it seems to be, seems, seems to me anyways, that like maybe we had a little bit of a hand in making that happen, which is, um, not great. Definitely not great considering we're um, pushing towards war with Russia, we're uh, push, pushing towards war with China. Um, I'm pretty sure we could fuck some shit up in Sudan as long as we didn't try to stay there and, you know, export democracy. But if, like, we want to take a bad guy out, like, we're pretty good at doing that. Um, we're not so good at the, the after part here. Uh, the last 80 years or so. Um, but when you're facing up against Russia and China, like, Dad, do you really want to fuck around with Sudan? Like, And apparently we said, nope, nope, it's not. We're, we're, we're getting out there. But um, in the meanwhile, we've got a lot of people still there. Uh, Sudan's in um, in North Africa. Very close to the... Well, I get on the map wise looks pretty close to the middle east i don't know um exact distances um and so you've got a the situation that looks like it could could drop off or you know um maybe it'll go away but it, it seems like it could pop off into something um pretty serious and that region Ever since uh, we started meddling around there back in, um, well, you could say in, in uh, like 1948 when they established the state of Israel, uh, reestablished, I guess, um, and Palestinians kind of got the raw end of the stick. That pissed a lot of people off in, in the Arab world. Um, for, you know, for kind of obvious reasons. And then 
we overthrew a guy in Iran in 53 that was democratically elected, installed uh, the Shah, who was a brutal dictator, who was later overthrown and then led to probably an even more brutal um, Islamic dictator. And uh, that's just Iran. Um, and then you go through the timeline and then, you know, you get the, all the Iraq stuff. Uh, we're, we're still, we still have troops in Syria, which is kind of a hotbed. Um, Israel has, has been bombing it pretty frequently here lately. And, um, Turkey, um, has some shit going down there. Um, Syria borders Turkey and Israel and Iraq. And so they all have shit going down in there. We got troops in there. The Russians have troops in there because they they deployed troops there to help us fight ISIS, which we funded, and then we went and fought them. Which is kind of kind of the pattern for the for U.S. foreign policy over the last about eighty years. <clears throat> Um, and then Sudan's in there somewhere, um, in that region. So like we have a, we have a long, um, long track record, uh, for having a knack being able to stir some shit up over there in the, in the Arab, um, <laughs> in the Arab world and, uh, and Israel. So this thing in in Sudan, um, but it also involves Russia. So it's all it all leads back to Russia. Like we just we hate Russia for some reason. And <clears throat> meanwhile we um we got all of this building up and it is now May of twenty twenty three, which means we have little over a year and a half. No, we have less than a year and a half. Um uh yeah right i guess right at a year and a half until uh until we elect a new president um no going going by the last couple election standards uh it'll be like 19 20 months before we find out who's actually elected but allegedly we'll all be done voting here in about 18 months um and it seems like the media Obviously, they're propping up Biden. For some reason, they're still, this guy's still the guy. And they're trying to trying to make sure that he's the guy. He's got two challengers right now. Uh, Marianne Williamson, who uh, they don't treat as a serious candidate. I also don't really treat her as uh, much of a serious candidate. She seems to be a, a little hippy-dippy. A lot hippy dippy, a little too hippy dippy, even for a lot of a lot of Democrats. And then you also have Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who I don't know a ton about, but I've heard a lot about him here lately. Um, did a little bit of cursory background work on him. He's always he's lately been known for writing his book, the the real Anthony Fauci, which he really goes hard against Anthony Fauci, which I like. That guy's a piece of shit. One of the biggest reasons, um, I don't think I'll ever vote for Trump again. <clears throat> and um, 
so he wrote this book about about Fauci exposing his uh his dirty laundry from the from the past and and all the way up through the 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 COVID stuff, um, particularly with vaccines. This uh, RFK Junior's uh he's a old school anti vax vaccine guy, like well well before COVID was a thing. Um, he's also kind of a radical environmentalist, which I don't like. Um, but he's kind of been making some waves and the, the powers that be are trying to just smash that, that down, squash it before it takes off. But I don't know, once again, come to polling, I don't know how much I I trust any of it, but it's what we got to go off of, um. They're showing RFK Jr. with like twenty percent, uh, in in the the one of the po- latest polls. So it was like I forget what Biden was at, but um, I think Marianne Williamson was at nine or ten percent, which is not nothing. It's not a lot, um, considering it's a it's a poll. <laughs> no no hard votes taken or anything, but it's not. It's not nothing, but then RFK Jr. is at 20%, which is pretty significant. <clears throat> and you have um, you have the Democrats already saying there's not going to be any primary debates. Um, <coughs> when you look at other polls, going back to like the Trump, I said, I think it was like 45% of the base says they don't want him to run again. So still um a pretty solid majority. I wouldn't say uh a, you know an overwhelming majority, but 55% that's a, a pretty pretty big number. Um but it was uh before the 2020 election it was like 90%. Uh 95%. I don't know. It was it was a high number that wanted him to to run again. So he's fell off Considerably, but still has a pretty commanding uh, majority. Joe Biden's at like two thirds of his own party uh, don't really want him to run. Uh, his approval ratings in the forties, thirties, and forties, so not good. But can't really judge much off of that. Um, there's a lot of people that won't approve of a guy that still vote for him because they hate the other guy more. And that seems to be where we're at in this this deal. We have um, Donald Trump saying he's not going to debate in the primaries. The DNC saying they're not going to even schedule any primaries for for the uh, scheduling any debates for the primaries. Even though between the other two candidates that are already in the race, they're already they're gathering roughly forty percent of. Uh, of the polling numbers so you know like seems like maybe you ought to hash that out and if uh, joe biden is you know that much your guy he should be able to talk his way into your hearts um uh, and lick the world or some whatever weird shit that guy says um but the media, while they're they're keeping the pressure on on Trump over all of these indictments and whatnot, they sure seem to be trying to push and keep him right at the forefront. They want him to run because they think they can beat him. 
which they probably can. But also, Donald Trump is kind of a juggernaut when it comes to this this shit, and you never do know. But they have been um, kind of been an all-out assault on on DeSantis here lately, which uh, means they actually see him as a threat. Um, and anyway, so it, this seems to be like the media. I called this uh, this episode undistinguished undistinguished elders because it looks like once again they are propping up two old wealthy white dudes that most of the country don't like at all and uh they're 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 already laying the stage for you this is this is uh this is who it is and and part of me just wants wants to say fuck it all right well let let Trump go out there and do his thing again, and maybe they'll maybe the Republicans will get smart for once, and uh, and play like sound sound strategy in their their campaign, and you know they learn their lesson from twenty twenty, and they're they're going after the they're going out there and getting getting ballots harvested and whatnot, and they're they got more of a ground game and what whatever, uh, and. Well, let's say Donald Trump wins again. Um, well, then the media will have not learned their lesson once again. And also, um, I, I mean, I think that's a, that's a pretty good chance that could happen uh, should should the race come down to, to Trump-Biden. Uh, I think that's a good possibility that it happens. Yeah. That Trump somehow... Um, forgets all of, or you know learns from all the mistakes that that he made in twenty sixteen and twenty eighteen and twenty twenty and uh twenty twenty two and i I know that he only ran in sixteen and twenty, but as the kind of the the standard bearer for the party um he took a bath in in twenty eighteen on the the midterms you you lost the Senate in the House and the Senate in uh in twenty twenty. And you barely clawed back the House uh with one of the most unpopular presidents in uh modern American history. <clears throat> um when typically the opposition party kind of cleans house during those type of elections, like in twenty eighteen with when the Democrats really gained a lot of seats in the in the house. Um, so anyways, um, Trump hasn't done, done well since 2016, as far as election goes, but maybe he, maybe he learns from all that. And, uh, people also see that, um, he's clearly more there mentally than, than Joe Biden. Um, although there, he's still really fucking old. Um, so I can see that happening that he wins and I can also see where Donald Trump does something stupid. Um, maybe, maybe calls a, a rally, um, a giant rally and, uh, says it's going to be wild and shit. And then talks about how they stole, stole a bunch of votes from him and whatnot. And then, you know, tells him to go march somewhere peacefully and, and shit gets out of hand again. I can see that happen. I could, 
any number of things Donald Trump could do to shoot himself in the foot. He's done it plenty. So they're setting us up for that again. And and they're both setting the precedent right now that they're not going to debate in primaries. So, like, what makes you think that's not going to carry over into the general election? So now now you just have two guys that are just uh, talking shit about each other um, in different parts of the country and never actually have to, like, sit, you know, stay in the same room and <clears throat> and debate each other. Uh, it seems to be what that's setting the, the stage for, and it just like it's all it's all a show. Um, there's a lot of people like DeSantis. Um, there's a lot of people, apparently, that like RFK Jr. Um, where was that that article? Um, so this this was um, interesting as well. It's a New York Post article, and uh, ABC News cuts RFK Jr.'s vaccine remarks out of an interview. Uh, An ABC host admitted that the network edited statements uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. made about the COVID-19 vaccine out of an exclusive interview conducted with a long-shot Democratic presidential candidate. The last time a Kennedy was called a long shot was in 1960, 1960 when he won the presidency. Um, with a little help uh, from his friends down in uh, Chicago, the, the mafia and whatnot. Uh, but RFK Jr. is a long shot Democratic presidential candidate and i bet you a lot of people didn't know he was even running at the time and he's still he's getting 20 percent support in the polls i don't know if that's just off the kennedy name alone or if that's off his own um his own efforts uh with this this anthony fauci book but i don't know um so they said we should note that that during our conversation, Kennedy made false claims about the COVID vaccine, uh, COVID nineteen vaccines. Uh, anchor Lindsey Davis said in a disclaimer when the interview aired Thursday. We've used our editorial judgment in not including expanded portions of that exchange in our interview. Data shows that the COVID nineteen vaccine has prevented millions of hospitalizations and death from deaths from disease. Davis added, he also made misleading claims about the relationship between vaccine vaccination and autism. Um, so I'm not going to get into the whole vaccine autism debate. I don't know enough about it. Um, I, I don't know how much I, I care about it at this point. <laughs> um, but they didn't tell you what the false claims about the COVID-19 vaccines were. Uh, they just said we're not going to show them because uh, they're false. <clears throat> um, so this was this is ABC News, you know, one of the major network news. You know, that's the one that, that's free. And uh, they're just going to decide you, you don't need to know that. You don't need to hear it. Doesn't matter. 
Doesn't matter uh, whether you might want to hear it. No, no, because we're not going to show it because that's wrong. And <clears throat> yeah, it just seems like uh, there's this all a big play. They want they want Donald Trump and and Joe Biden, and they expect Joe Biden to to win. And um, seems a little um, against this. Uh, this you know our democracy that we're we're constantly being preached about how uh, how how much of a like Donald Trump is a danger to our democracy but here we are they're just like crowding us down this funnel point where it's just, it all it all ends up with Trump versus Biden and the the game's going to be rigged in favor of of Biden um yeah it seems seems a little anti-democratic um in the meantime, we had uh, the number one, the number one cable news uh, anchor. He gets fired. Tucker Carlson gets fired from Fox News. Um, Fox News is embroiled in a whole bunch of legal battles with. Uh, First with Dominion voting machines and also with Smartmatic voting machines. Um, both of which, you know, the Dominion one was settled um, before it went to trial, uh, but not before a bunch of nasty stuff came out that Fox didn't want the general public to see. Ended up settling before trial, and they agreed to pay $787 million to Dominion, um, which I think somebody said <coughs> was essentially equal to, like, the the yearly revenue of Dominion for about 60 years or some shit like that. A lot of money. They also had to admit that they were wrong on a uh, on a few things. And shortly after, Tucker Carlson gets um, gets fired. And now they've been they've been leaking a bunch of videos about him um, trashing Fox News and Fox Nation and and airing a whole bunch of dirty laundry. But um, this is the latest one, and they. Uh, they're coming at him on the on the racism level, which is not surprising. That's a that's a favored tactic tactic of the the progressive left, uh, the Democratic Party. Uh, text message sent by Tucker Carlson that set off uh, panic at the highest levels of Fox on the eve of its million a billion dollar defamation trial showed its most popular host sharing his private inflammatory views about violence and race. The discovery of the message contributed to a chain of events that ultimately led to Mr. Carlson's firing. Uh, in the message sent to one of his producers in the hours after violent Trump supporters stormed the Capitol on January 6, 2021, Mr. Carlson described how he had recently watched a video of a group of men, uh, Trump supporters, he said, violently and uh, attacking an, an Antifa kid. It was three against one, uh, at least he wrote, and then he expen he expressed a sense of dismay that attackers like him were white. J 
jumping a guy like that is dishonorably as dishonorable. Obviously, he wrote, "It's not how white men fight." Uh, but he said he found himself for a moment wanting the group to kill the person he described as the Antifa kid. Uh, for years, Mr. Carlson, his spouse, views on his show that amplified the ideolo- uh, ideology of uh, white nationalism. Ah, I forget what he said, but he mentioned like the, the replacement theory, which um, I'm sure a bunch of white nationalists agree with it, but that doesn't mean that it's necessarily a white nationalist ideology. What the replacement theory is, and I don't think it's too much of a theory at this point, um, that open borders will lead to a the browning of America, which is something that Democrats have um, you know, boasted about over the years. And when we look through the, the presidency of Joe Biden up to date, there's been about 2 million illegal border crossings. Um, and most of them from South America. Um, and then a push to, to legalize them, a push throughout uh, plenty of states, you know, these sanctuary states to, uh, to allow illegal immigrants to, to go ahead and vote. Um, and eventually they, um, <clears throat> you know, that the theory goes that they eventually will replace white people. That was kind of the, you know, the, the chant at um, Charlottesville uh, that they all, that the Democrats still love to talk about is a bunch of knuckleheads chanting around saying, you, know, you will not replace us. <clears throat> but anyway, so then he says, but the text message revealed more about his views on racial superiority. Uh, the text alarmed the Fox board, which saw the message a day before Fox was set to defend itself against Dominion voting systems before a jury. The board grew concerned that the message could become public at trial when Mr. Carlson was on the stand, creating a sensational and damaging moment that would raise broader questions about the company. Uh, the day after the discovery, the, the board told Fox executives that it, it was bringing an outside law firm to conduct an investigation into Mr. Carlson's conduct. Um... Okay, that there was another article that I think it was Mediaite, maybe. Um, but they had the full, they had the full text, and they left out a whole bunch in this article. Um, here we go. So the 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 entire the entire text that was sent um said he says a couple of weeks ago I was watching a video of people fighting on the street in Washington a group of Trump guys surrounded an Antifa kid and started pounding the living shit out of him it was 3 against 1 at least jumping a guy like that is dishonorable obviously it's not how white men fight Yet suddenly I found myself rooting for the mob against the man, hoping they'd hit him harder and kill him. I really wanted them to hurt the kid. I could taste it. 
Then somewhere deep in my brain, an alarm went off. This isn't good for me. I'm becoming something I don't want to be. The Antifa creep is a human being. As much as I despise what he says and does, as much as I'd hate him, I'm sure I'd hate him personally if I knew him. I shouldn't gloat over his suffering. I should be bothered by it. I should remember that somewhere, somewhere somebody probably loves this kid and would be crushed if he was killed. If I don't care about those things, if I reduce people to their politics, how am I better than he is? So, there, um, this is kind of front page on Drudge right now, and this is like the latest thing. They're like, see, Tucker's a bad guy. This is no wonder Fox fired him. But when it comes to this suit against Dominion, it was for defamation about the, you know, the Dominion voting machines t- turning Trump votes into Biden votes, which has not, no evidence of that has ever, no solid evidence of that has ever surfaced that I've, I'm aware of. I'm sure I've heard the stories about uh, bouncing it from server to server and and whatnot, and there's probably something about these Dominion machines that are, that are not great. I'm sure there is, but as far as them changing numbers uh, on the voter tally, not seeing any hard evidence of it yet. That being said, what does that text message about Tucker Carlson having a uh, internal personal moment where he um, says to himself, I'm no better than this guy that's getting the shit beat out of him. And no no matter how bad I want this guy to get the shit beat out of him, if I if I think like that, then, and I don't humanize the the guy there, and I just, he's just another faceless Democrat, then I'm no better than he is. <laughs> so, that article that I was reading earlier, that was from, where was that? That was, um, that was from the news, um, DN. What is it? D-N-Y-U-Z. Um, I don't know much about them, but they're, you see them around a bunch. Anyhow, they, they left out the whole part where he's like, hey, I, this is not a good thing for me to think about. Um, and then they focused on that one, that one statement, and that's not how white men fight. Um, I mean... It's not a not a great look, I guess. Um it does come off of off as kind of racist. Um at least prejudiced, um, sure. Um, but he didn't he didn't single out anybody except white men. That's not how white men fight. Um was he referring to black men? Was he referring to uh Hispanic, Latino, Asian, Russian? Um I don't know, you can you can make your own you know, jump to your own conclusions on that, but the only only group of people he singled out was white men, and it was nothing about voting machines. So, <clears throat> unless they bring this up as to, like, call into question his character, which I'm sure was part of it, um, Tucker Carlson's not really the one that they were they were after in this lawsuit. It was more just Fox in general. 
um, more higher up the the food chain, like Rupert Murdoch. Um, and Tucker Carlson, and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I don't, I like some of the stuff he does. Uh, his laugh gets me. It's, um, it's unsettling. His, his, like, giggle. Um, but that's, other than that, like, I think he does pretty good work. And he, like, he went hard against Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani, who were, some of the the crazier people out there. I don't know about Mike Lindell. I don't know what his uh, his thoughts on Mike Lindell were, but he went hard against some of these big time um, stop the steal people, the like the crazies, and they keep they keep leaking this stuff about like what what Tucker actually thought about about Fox News, and uh, and then this this one where he says you know white men don't fight like that. Um, I, I would assume he was probably talking, um, referring to, uh, to black dudes stomping somebody into the ground. You see a lot of videos of that. Um, but you see that, see that with white folks too, but not as much. I don't think I don't have the numbers ar around me, but I think it's, it's, I don't want to speculate too much, but I, I mean, I could see why. You you could see that he, was, he might be talking about about black dudes and um is he prejudice prejudice against them probably we all are at some point or another like we're all pretty prejudiced against uh, each other but this has nothing to do with the Dominion case talking shit about Fox News um. And how they run stuff, uh, and how how their Fox Nation site sucks, has nothing to do with Dominion. Um, one thing's for sure, though, if you look back, uh, you know, go back about twenty years ago on Fox News, they were beating the war drum to go to war in Iraq, um, led by a Republican president. You know. Fox is the Republican news for the most part. <clears throat> and Trump kind of threw a wrench into that because he was uh, at least at least in rhetoric, uh, pretty, pretty anti-war, at least anti anti-intervention war. Um, he had no problem taking out uh, that Soleimani dude, um, but he didn't he didn't invade another country that we're aware of uh, while he was president. And that kind of kind of throws a wrench into the whole Fox News conglomerate um, where they can be the right-wing warhawks instead of the left-wing warhawks like those those silly commies over at MSNBC or CNN. They're, they all have the same views, but they'll argue about like tax rates and stuff. Um, Trump was the only one speaking out <clears throat> against the Ukraine thing on the on the Republican side for the most part outside of you know your your typical kind of good ones that they're typically good on stuff. You know Thomas Massey and uh, Rand Paul. So then we have Tucker Carlson, who's also spoke out strongly against the Ukraine stuff, and um, doesn't really go with uh, you know the culture of Fox News. You know they're they they like us. You know. Peace through strength. 
except it's more just strength through strength you know like it just you know, we like we're we're used to just strong arm in these little these little countries all over the world and uh and using the military to do so and uh and fox news has been i mean that's been their ball game for a long time until trump come along and now <clears throat> now you have their number one not only their number one uh you know primetime host but like the number one primetime host in all of cable cable television <clears throat> and he's talking about how bad this ukraine war is and then all of a sudden as we're getting ready to gear up really gear up for this 2024 uh election the number one cable tv uh host who was speaking out against ukraine is now no longer on the number well i i just saw a deal that msnbc is now the number one cable news uh network um after fox dominating it for fucking ever um <coughs> so <coughs> i don't think it's all that much of a coincidence that they got rid of him <clears throat> and this uh the the dominion stuff they they lumped tucker carlson in with the whole stop the steal stuff <clears throat> and all the crazy shit that that trump and his uh cohorts have been pushing on the election um they lumped T tucker carlson in with him um after this uh settlement but I don't think uh, Tucker Carlson's firing had anything to do with Dominion voting machines, Smartmatic voting machines, or really anything 2020 uh, election related. I think it has a lot more to do with his stance on the Ukraine situation and uh, and trying to um, influence people to that we don't need to be involved. So, um. That's my take on on the Tucker Carlson thing, and um, and it's quite quite interesting the the response from not only the other media uh, figureheads and outlets, but also members of Congress. You um, you know they got it. They're cheering them on, and they're saying like, "Go even further now! Now go do do this guy." And it's um, kind of spooky, you know. They. Uh, AOC said uh, deplatforming works, and um, somebody else said like uh, now take out the rest rest of the trash. Which I I will would not shed a single tear if Fox News, um, you know, suffered uh, just a painful death. Uh, the you know Fox News as as a company, I think they are uh, toxic, just as I think that MSNBC and and CNN and all of all of the cable news, Newsmax, you can throw them in there too. They're all just it, it's uh, it's a toxic way to 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 do journalism. It's not journalism, and it's uh, it's even been testified to in court by the people who were you know during defamation trials. Tucker Carlson, uh, Rachel Maddow. <clears throat> um, I don't know about anyone in particular from CNN, but I'm sure they're on that list who have, they've all testified in court that they are not news outlets, but rather, um, you know, they're, they're at, they're classified as entertainment because they are providing opinion, um, rather than the news. And if they, if they say that under oath, um, 
I would say that um, I'd go ahead and believe him on that that part. So, uh, yeah, cable news is is garbage. I wouldn't. I don't care if if Fox News dies a slow, painful death. Um, but I, I don't think uh, we should just get rid of them because um, the other side doesn't like them. Uh, just like I don't think I don't think we should um, be calling for the removal of people from CNN. No, I I should I am calling for people don't watch them because they're garbage. <laughs> you don't have to give them your time or your eyeballs. And um, but that's not censorship. I think they can say whatever the fuck they want. Um, I I don't have to listen to it, and I don't have to watch it, <laughs> and I don't. So unless it's uh makes for for a good clip to make fun of. Um I I was gonna report on this uh dairy down in Texas where it was like eighteen thousand dairy cows died in an explosion, but uh, there there is not many uh details at all about that out. So um I don't have anything to report other than apparently it was a big explosion and there's a lot that doesn't make too much sense because uh, they said 18,000 cows died up. Um, that's a big dairy. That's a, that is a large dairy. And typically your, your cows are not in the milk and parlor all at the same time. And an eight eighteen thousand head dairy. That's probably gonna. I don't know. I don't, <clears throat> I don't know how many acres that would be, but uh, I would I would want to say somewhere around at least a half section, so three hundred twenty acres, if not more, uh, to house that many that that many in a in a confinement deal. <clears throat> That'd have to be a big fucking explosion or. All of your cattle had to have been concentrated at one at one point, and I don't know. I don't have any details on it, but it seems a little weird, um, particularly for that that number of of cattle to be to be killed in one explosion. I, unless it was a series of, I, like I said, I don't have any any. I I couldn't find hardly any details about it. Um, it was. Uh, uh, down at Dimmit, Texas, which is south of Amarillo, there in the Panhandle, and um, yeah, I don't, I don't have anybody got any, uh, any local gossip or or uh, anything that outside of what's been reported by various media outlets. Uh, if you got any sort of information on that, let me know. I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to find out about it. Maybe I'll follow up on her. Give me. Give me some leads. Maybe I'll do some real journalism. Probably not. Um, but I'll think about it. And um, <clears throat> no, actually, I would. I'd be interested to see how, what the what the story is behind that. Um, so I don't know. That that was uh, that was an article I was gonna or a topic I was gonna cover. But like I said, just couldn't find much. Um, <clears throat> There's a whole lot of Ukraine, China, war stuff. The army's um, having a hard time recruiting uh, again. 
and um yeah we we better we better hope we're not we're not actually sending troops so like lots of troops you know going actually going to full blown war with with Russia or China because uh yeah the way the the military is staffed now and the the amount of recruits they're getting there ain't no way we're going to go fight a war over in Europe or or Asia without without bringing back a draft. I don't I don't see it happening. So, if you don't want that to happen, you better start, you know, talking to your elected officials and telling them the hey, what the fuck, back off. This is dumb. But I don't see that happening. Um, after for all the. All the fight over the the Speaker of the House, the the com- chairman of the committees on so like the House Foreign Affairs Committee and uh, the House Armed Services Committee are both chaired by um, just your typical Republican neocons that they ain't they haven't seen a war yet that they don't want to send somebody to go fight. And uh, they are they are the ones pushing for um, longer range missiles, um, tanks, fighter jets, everything. And um, yeah, I, I could see them also pushing for <coughs> for um, you know even more boots on the ground. So um, yeah, if you if you don't want this shit to happen, you like. People need to start putting a bug in their their congressman's ear, their their senator's ear, and letting them know how much you like. Actually, call in their office. I hear I hear from people that that used to work uh, on Capitol Hill, you know, as a staffer, an aide, or something, and they they say that the biggest thing that works is like when you call because they they have to call, they have to answer, they have to provide answers, and and it makes their life annoying and they don't want to be annoyed by, by the peasants like us. So if you make enough noise, they'll eventually do something so that you don't, they don't have to hear from you again. So anyways, especially all you young fellas under the age of 30, man, I would, uh, I would be making some phone calls if, unless you want to, you want to get drafted and get airdropped into fucking Siberia or something like, who who knows what goofy shit can happen when 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 something really really pops off? So get ahead of it now, because we are steadily just marching towards that, and uh, we all know that ends in nuclear war, and that's not good for anybody alive. Um, so I won't go into too much um too much more on that because it just it's kind of depressing and it's kind of the same old shit. Um, but I did, I did find a really, really good article. Um, here we go. This is a, this is a fun one. Uh, we'll, we'll end on that. We're, we're hour, a little over an hour in. So it's a good one to, to end on. And uh, I'm sorry that Rob and, and Aaron were too gay to, to be here to enjoy this article. Um, but I didn't think it could wait. Um, from New York post, uh, I'm going to put it, 
full screen here for you guys uh, so you can really bask in it. Um, headline from, it's in Men's Health. The headline is, I, funny. I call it Men's Health and not, you know, penis having person's health. Um, anyway, it says, I have a micro penis. This is how I break the news to sexual partners by Ben Cost. Let's see what what Ben Cost's deal is. Oh, he's got he's got social links. Uh, he's a features reporter covering everything from sharks attack to TikTok TikTokers with Michael Jackson phobias, and a man who sued Apple for a billion dollars over an iPhone malfunction. I'm guessing he didn't win that because he's still writing for the New York Post. Huh. Anyways, um, he has mastered the art of small talk. A man with a self-proclaimed micropenis is going viral after revealing how he breaks the news about his minuscule manhood to potential sex partners. <clears throat> the anonymous anatomy, uh, anatomy teacher divulged his techniques, and they put teacher in quotes, for broaching the uncomfortable subject in, I hate... <clears throat> I hate that I was born with a micro penis. A viral thread and ask me anything form uh, currently blowing up on Reddit. I've experienced many awkward, embarrassing moments. User LS Zen 7 confessed while uh, describing his purported, purported adult micro penis. Defined by the Cleveland Clinic as a member that measures 3.67 inches or less when stretched. For instance, the average erect penile length for adult clocks in at 5.25 inches, according to experts in such things. Uh, the user claimed that his wee willy is only a quarter of an inch while flaccid. Holy shit. That's unfortunate. Uh, that's over six times smaller than the threshold for a micropenis. Having a micropenis is so rare that it only affects around 0.6% of the world's male population. Uh, so 0.6% of the world population has a dick that measures less than three and two-thirds inches. And this dude has a quarter inch. I wonder, is, is he a grower? Apparently not too much of a grower. I mean, it's hard to make too much more out of a quarter inch, I think. Um, I mean, like, when he when he really gets horned up, is it, like, make a full inch? I mean, that, that's growing, you know, four times, so... Man. Meanwhile, the Reddit masses had questions about how he handled his life with a little penis, especially when it comes to the boudoir. How do you approach sexual relationships when you meet a girl? Like, do you inform her first, or you just go for it and pray for the best, inquired one inquisitive poster. Fortunately, he was able to give them the long and short of breaking the ice. I should, I'm going to, let me get my, my newscaster voice on. Fortunately, he was able to give them the long and short of breaking the ice. 
I don't bother lying. That's when I need my sign off. Uh, I'll come back to that. Um, I don't bother lying to women about uh, my size, to be honest. But like in the beginning stages, like those talk uh, to get to know you stages. And if it's brought up during one of those sexy time talks, I'll be honest and say my size, he admitted. Other times, like heat of the moment, just hooked up with a woman. When it happens, I'll take mine out and just hope for the best. Unfortunately, ripping off this proverbial band-aid generally leads to humiliating situations, he admitted. I mean, most every partner I've been with were kind of disappointed. I mean, I've sort of felt it, and normally it's an awkward, embarrassing experiment, uh, experience from there. He lamented while answering viewer queries on how women respond to learning about the elephant in the room. The Redditor said he first found out he had a micropenis while visiting the doctor with his parents as a kid. I sort of vaguely remember at maybe six years, like a last memory of my parents t- talking on it with a doctor, uh, he described. As I grew up, I didn't really bring it up at all. Uh, bring it up really not at all just sort of dealt with it alone however the poor fellow realized something was definitely awry when he reached high school and realized that his member had not grown since he was younger <laughs> this guy who wrote it is hilarious to make a schlong story short having a micro penis made his love life a living hell dating and sex <laughs> Make a schlong story short. <laughs> uh, I love a good dick joke. I love a good dick pun. Uh, and that, that'll be the, the dick joke of the week for so Dan Gibbon and uh, Pavo. There you go. I haven't done I haven't done the dick joke of the week for, in a while. And I apologize. You guys have to hold uh keep me accountable on that one. Uh dating and sex became a struggle most of the time. It's awkward. When he tries to pleasure partners in other ways that don't involve a penis, uh, he replied that it's not a, it's not as easy for me as the mood is generally killed after they witness his teeny weeny. <laughs> as a result of his condition, the poor fellow says he has yet to make it past second base. Ah, nobody's flicked his bean. Oh man, he should go after a lesbian. Um, it, it'd be, I mean, if it's only a quarter inch, that's, that's essentially like licking a clit, uh, for all you young fellas out, the clit is, uh, it is real, exists, and, um, and the ladies, uh, like it when you, when you pay attention to it, um, he should go after a lesbian, like, what, what do they have to lose, I mean, I wonder if this dude has... Surely he's yanked it. I mean, you can't yank it too hard, though. I mean, does it does it rip off? I mean, is it kind of like a skin tag? A quarter inch. Um, all right, so hold on. Now, here, next sentence here. Interestingly, his one-inch blunder. They said before it was a quarter inch. Um... <laughs> Oh, this is this is funny. Interestingly, his one-inch blunder runs counter to one San Francisco sexpert who claims that micropenises can paradoxically enhance the sex experience. 
as it forces people to think outside the box. Um, that's a dude with a small dick that had a lot of women lie to him. That That's who that is. Um, unfortunately, the Redditor says that his small penis problems extend, extend beyond the bedroom, claim, claiming that he's been made fun of throughout the years uh, because of it. I mean... You get it, dude. You get it. I mean, how 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 do you expect a guy with a little dick, say a solid four inches, you know, just above that micro penis threshold? And and you're you're packing a as well, depending on the case here that they they've said quarter inch and they've said a one inch. Either way. At at the minimum, you're looking at the small dick dude with four four times the dick you got. Um, you're a dude. You get it. Is it is it right? It's probably not. Um, should you just come to expect it at this point and just maybe maybe don't talk about your dick? That that'd be my guess. Um. He said, "I mean, growing up, I've always I always avoided the boys' locker rooms. Good idea." and the pool and beaches uh, because of my size in battle that I had described. Many embarrassing moments throughout my life. Uh, many embarrassing moments throughout my my life. Hell, once or twice at my job because of how the seat of my uniform pants uh, look on me. <laughs> so he was showing camel toe in his work pants. Um... Using the restroom, I avoid urinals and just wait for a stall. Um, he said he would sometimes even sit to take a leak to avoid making a mess because his micro penis is difficult to aim. Um, So the Redditors were quick to comment, commend the poster on being so candid about such an embarrassing and debilitating condition. He seemed quite at ease with it and accepting of it, praised one commenter. It's obviously a massive stigma around it for men, and even as a slightly above average. But nothing to write a home about, man. I'm, I get nervous to whip it out the first time. I really feel for you, bro. Um says uh, i mean the secure insecurity gets better the better me some days for sure but it's the hand i'm dealt all i can do is accept myself i uh, said he didn't foresee him going undergoing penis enhancement procedures a common question on the thread supposedly penile enlargement surgery is a thing but from what i've read it's normally practiced illegally and it's expensive and high risk and it's high risk uh i mean as much of a risk as other surgeries it's but it's very damaging to the part luckily the redditor is not alone with in his struggle with many members of the micro penis community fighting back against the stigma of being less than well endowed in 2021 dozens of men hit the streets of los angeles for a small dong march seeking to end the so-called shame associated with having an undersized penis. The prior year, micro-penis activists launched Dinky One, a matchmaking website that aims to combat penis size by helping those with smaller phalluses find love. God bless the internet. 
God bless the United States of America. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, and now I gotta go, I gotta go back and find my my quote here so I can I can sign off like a real real newscaster. Um where was that at? Fortunately, he was <clears throat> get the get the pipes lubed up because uh well we're we're talking about dicks here, so fortunately he was able to give them the long and the short of breaking the ice. And on that note, you guys have a good uh Thursday or Wednesday. We'll be back Thursday. Caleb Holly, I believe, will be on the show doing a little bull session and uh yeah. Make sure if you'd like to uh, catch the bonus segments, ad-free stuff, all that good stuff, uh, head over to patreon.com slash burningdaylight. Uh, sign up there. That's the easiest way, best way to support the show. Um, share it around. Uh, click subscribe on YouTube, uh, Rumble, all the stuff. Uh, share my stuff. Get it out there if you like it. Um, it helps uh Helps me spread the audience. Help me helps me do more cool shit. So, um, for me and my gay friends Aaron and Rob, um, move your ass. We're burning daylight. Good guys and bad guys, cowboys and Indians, sinners and and minions They're all the same to me They're all the same to me Winners and losers The weak and the strong ones The young and the Fortune and failure